0: I just realized there's another festival out there that speaks to very, one very specific audience, and I want them to be recognized. What's that? Gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs>
1: you know what? It, we, it's we can, what it is. We can talk. You can rag on ICP That's all right. you want with good reason. That's right. But, but, but you cannot take that festival away from those guys. And,
0: and they have to move it, and people don't care. Wherever that festival, you know, it was in Ohio one year, then they had to move it to Illinois. Cause God like bless those guys. The Juggalos will have Juggalo, will travel. Hello and welcome to the EarFuel podcast. As always, I'm Joel Freemark, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at @getearfuel and at The Daily Guru. The podcast is available in the iTunes Store under EarFuel and at SoundCloud.com/slash/getearfuel. What you heard at the top was part of my very uh, let's call it spirited conversation with my pal Ethan about summer music festivals, as that time is shortly upon us, and uh, we kind of talked about the problems I have with them and he has with them and things like that. But before we get into that conversation, got a quick album review for you. Sort of. So most weeks, I review a new album in this space, but this past week, eh, it's been more than unique in the fact that three huge bands released brand new singles, and at least two of those singles were completely unexpected. It's one of the biggest advantages of the digital age as far as I see it. People can just drop new music whenever they want. They don't have to go through the whole run-up of publicizing it and getting the records printed and getting them to the stores and all that. They can just kind of say, hey, I have this new song and here it is. I love it. So instead of a full album review this week, I want to take a look, a brief look, at these three singles. Now, first up. Radiohead is back, and for a lot of people, not me, that is the biggest news of the year. They actually released a pair of singles this week, and I'm going to skip the first one. It's called Burn the Witch, because I really didn't like it. You know what? Hold on. I'm not going to totally skip it. Let me let me explain. I didn't like it because I felt it was the same old, predictable Radiohead, and I'm not a huge fan of the band, but I do feel they're better than that. Whether you like them or not, there is a ton of talent in that group, and I look for them to be more innovative, and Burn the Witch is just nothing new. But the second single, Daydreaming. Okay. Like I said, not a big Radiohead fan. I'm just not. But this single, oh, it's it's magical. It's, it's, it's gorgeous in every sense of the word. And that all starts with the keys and the sound effects. The piano on this is perfectly robust. And the notes, they're just, they're like big globs of water. I don't know. It, it just makes sense to me. They're very, very full and spacious. And just, if you hear it, you'll get what I'm saying. It's just, I don't quite know how to say this other than the mood and atmosphere on the track are brilliant. They're almost reminiscent of the OK Computer era for this band, but the music itself is far more mature. There's just these ambient tones and, and the small touches they put on the song, that's what really pushes it to greatness for me. To me, the bottom line on this is that I'm not a big Radiohead fan at all. And I love this song. So go put your ears on it. But if you can do it on a rainy day that'll probably be better. Also, their new album dropped yesterday, so uh, we'll see how this fits in with the overall record. The second single I want to discuss is called Dark Necessities, and it's the first single from what's going to be the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album that is due June 17th. Now, kind of like with Radiohead, I don't hide the fact that, to me, few bands have been as disappointing as the Chili Peppers. That is to say, their first few albums are outright monsters with their blend of punk and funk and just rock and roll awesomeness. But then in the late 90s, they made the choice to become another tepid pop rock band, and sadly, they haven't looked back. They, to me, have not made a song worth hearing since One Hot Minute, which was a great record. This song, unfortunately, is right along those lines, and it's basically elevator music with Anthony Kiedis singing over it. Seriously, listen to it and ignore the vocals elevator music. There's a ridiculous amount of talent in the Chili Peppers. Those guys are really good musicians. And it's outright tragic to hear how much they waste it with these bland, uninspiring orchestrations. I don't want to spend any more time on this song because it's just not very good at all, and all I can do is hope that the Chili Peppers will wake up one of these days and start making great music again because I want to hear it. The last song I want to give a glance to is called Can't Stop the Feeling, and it's the new single from, that's right, Justin Timberlake. Like him or not, nobody pushes the pop genre forward more than Justin Timberlake. Look at all of his records that he's done since he left sync. Every single one of them does that. And this single, to me, is a culmination of everything he's been doing for the past decade or so. On his last album, The 2020 Experience, both parts of it, he was stretching out the idea of pop music into seven-plus-minute songs, and, and he was getting comfortable with a full band. He He was really pushing what could be considered pop. And I said to myself, and I said on reviews at the time, this is going to be really cool to see where it leads. This song is that same spirit, but it's condensed into what is honestly, it's about as perfect a four minute pop track as you're ever going to find. It bounces brightly and it has this groove that I'm sorry, you can't resist. It's crafted in the best way possible, and the key is it manages to not overstay its welcome. It, it, it keeps bringing fresh ideas into the mix. It doesn't become too repetitive. There's, just this, there's this heavy disco feel to it and plenty of funk, but again, he's making it work within the pop world, and if this is the direction that pop music is headed, I am more than happy to go along on that ride. This track is going to be, without question, the song of the summer. You're not going to be able to get away from it. And at the same time, it just it overflows with sheer joy and the vibrancy of life. I have no idea if this is a preview of where his eventual next album will go, because I think this is a soundtrack cut. But damn, go give this one a listen and enjoy. You're welcome. Moving on, summer music festivals are nearly upon us. I mean, we've already done Coachella, but the bulk of them are coming over the next few months. And to be honest, I've got some serious issues with what the festival circuit has become. Homogenous is the best way to describe them, and it's such a far cry from what music festivals were even 10 years ago. But I don't want to dig into this topic solo, so I brought in my good friend and fellow music fanatic, writer, and comedian, and all-around creative guy, Ethan Fixell. Things got very, again, I'm going to use the same word, spirited, and we ended up agreeing and arguing on a number of unexpected realities. So sit back and relax and get learned on why summer festivals aren't as great as they probably should be you know the one of the reasons i wanted to discuss festivals other than the fact that you know, it's, it's mid-May now. Well, I guess it's early Wait, Wait, we, we're in it already? We're in it. We're in you it. Don't, we just, don't you we just have a, go.
1: Don't you have an intro where you're like, hey, everybody, i am be here. Well, I'm,
0: I'm, welcome, I'm glad, really good friend of mine, that you listen to other podcasts and know that I do that in advance <laughs> so that I don't have to do it in the moment. So well, basically, everyone listening already heard that and probably said he already did that. Yeah. So wow. off to a good start.
1: I didn't know that, you know, that was happening uh, without me. I wanted to be a part of your
0: intro. No. I thought no. I could be there
1: at least watching you.
0: No. Okay. I always feel like somebody's watching me. You know, I wanted to talk about festivals this week because, you know, festival season is right around the corner. And I, over the last few years, have had a growing contempt for festivals uh-huh. because I feel like they've all lost their identity. Where when you and I were youths, you know, like like 20 years ago, when music festivals started... I'm still to kind of, a youth. Fuck you. Okay, sure. When music festivals started to become a bit ubiquitous, okay, Lollapalooza had its identity. Back then, Horde Festival had its identity. Mm-hmm. Lilith Fair had its identity. Right. And now... You know, every single festival, whether it's Outside Lands or Coachella They or all have identities. They're,
1: their identity is douche.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. But no, I'm saying musically, like it's, it's Radiohead, Florence and the Machines, and Major right. Lazer. No, it, it doesn't matter. It's right. the same group of people everywhere you go. Yeah,
1: I, and I mean, I actually cannot, I, I would love to go to a festival these days. Uh-huh. I can't find a festival that is worth going to. And I'm not I'm not I'm not I really have looked. What do you mean by worth? There's not a festival where all of the music is good.
0: Well, I don't think at, you're ever going to find that at a festival no, where you like Okay, head even to when, toe. okay, but
1: you you mentioned like Horde Fest from like the Horde festival, from like the man. 90s, Blue traveler For
0: those for those maybe under the age of I don't know 30 in the <laughs> mid to late 90s there was this interesting kind of jam bandy festival Blues called traveler Horde. I Blues think Blues Traveler was, was on there but I um, thought that they organized it. They they did but you know you had kind of the more jammy side the Ben Harper, sure. the Dave, Dave Matthews. Matthews band Yeah Allman um, Brothers probably did it at some I'm point. I'm sure and and so now now we've caught them up. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Uh what's Government Mules on that too by the way? Don't get behind the mule baby. The the point that I'm trying to make though is yeah it maybe maybe you don't like all those bands or maybe they're not all great uh-huh. but it's like when you go to a festival, this is basically what you're saying. You you expect to see, like, have a certain vibe. And uh-huh. I think, like, sure. some... I think, isn't Electric Daisy, like, aren't they, like... I mean, that's pretty, like, all EDM, I mean, it's, it's like. all EDM, yeah. I mean, so that's that. I would never go to that, but,
0: I mean, at least that's that. Sure, electronic festivals are always going to be just electronic music.
1: Right. And Lollapalooza was always a lot of different stuff.
0: Right, you would have Cypress Hill on sure. the same stage as Pearl Jam.
1: Right, but it was still like all alternative music sure. that was like of a certain it's it's this is hard to put into words it's like a certain the, uh, it
0: had a certain message that was similar? I don't the, know. The like, crowd. It was a very specific yeah, crowd. Right? Because you would be into that wide range. You'd be like, oh, ice Tea and Body Count are playing, and then, you know, and then, oh, there's Nirvana Band? Right. I'm into that. Exactly.
1: And now the crowd at Lollapalooza because of how, like, disparate the bands, I mean, the bands are so dissimilar yeah. now. And I'm... Both you and I obviously like a ton of different music, and we want to go to festivals that have a ton of music. Sure. But you can't go to a festival that has that much different music because it doesn't unify the experience.
0: Right. A a group, a a crowd that's really going to get into like Jane's Addiction is probably not the same crowd as J. Cole. Exactly uh, Chili Peppers maybe Even though they haven't made A good record in 20 years um,
1: You can't go to like A Lana Del Rey show And then be like Oh yeah Like uh, everybody who comes To, to, to the Radiohead Or to Red Hot Chili Like all of these other bands Jane's Addiction right Right It's just gonna be like A different a different vibe that you're not going to enjoy and you're not going to enjoy that band for what it is. If you, yeah, you go know. to Warp Tour, it's like all that type of thing. Right,
0: right. You know, I the last Lollapalooza I went to so that I don't sound like some, you know, angry grandfather yelling at the kids to get off his lawn, I went in 2009, I believe was the last time I was there when you had, the Beastie Boys actually were supposed to headline that year. Wow. But, uh, you know... Uh, mca got sick and and just couldn't perform and the yeah yeah yeah's replaced them and i was like this is (laughs) such a downgrade um but i remember at one point lou reed was playing on one of the main stages and i don't even remember slash care who was on the actually i do care because i think it was snoop right um and i was thinking to myself man i'm gonna get to see lou reed this is so cool and there was like nobody there yeah and I was thinking to myself, first off, who the hell chooses anything over Lou Reed in 2009? <laughs> because not to be morbid, how much more time did we have with Lou Reed? Well, we had a couple of years and that was it. Right. But it it was just so strange because I think before Lou Reed on the same stage was Neko Case, uh, which was really bizarre. And then after him was Jane's Addiction. Uh-huh. And it was like, I love eclectic music. I preach listening to music eclectically. This is what I'm saying. But... When I went to the very first Bonnaroo, mm-hmm. it was all kind of bands around the jammy style. You know, I mean, Ween was there. Dude, think about drugs. I mean, you, you don't do drugs anymore. <laughs> I don't.
1: Okay, you did drugs.
0: I more almost twenty years ago. I've been clean. <laughs> I've been clean almost twenty years.
1: Wow, you yeah. gotta give that up already and get back. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time. Listen, man. Think about drugs, right? Let's assume that you did do drugs. Like, okay. do you want to go to a, a, a festival where you're like rolling, or you're you're on ecstasy, or you're on M, you know MD, MDMA or whatever, and you're like that? That's a specific type of band that you want to see.
0: Sure, you well, don't want you want to go to Electric Daisy.
1: Sure, you don't then want to see like Cannibal Corpse, that, you know, <laughs> on MDMA. It would just sort of ruin that. So it's like you know, there's certain, the beautiful thing about Bonnaroo is like you could like be on acid or something, or you could be really really high, and you have
0: music all day.
1: And and you're just like in that zone, and you're in a vibe, and you're trying to lock into something. This is like because of the attention span of our exactly, you know yeah. of where everybody is at at this point. There's no locking in. It's just like okay, what's next? What else can I see? What yeah. else can I see? And it's not it's that I don't frenetic. want
0: it's not that I don't want diversity at shows because like at that first bond totally. you had Jurassic Five. No, yeah, you want you had like Del McCurry doing bluegrass, but it, it was. It was a very similar ilk. Of totally, people.
1: and let's stress. I mean, your listeners probably know more about your listening tastes than mine. Thanks, but like friend. I would yeah. say that I yeah. listened to as as diverse of a of a of a. Range of music when as I you need do.
0: someone to go see Pig Destroyer, <laughs> you are the first person I call. And we had a very lovely mandate a few years ago at a Tori Amos concert. We did, it was wonderful.
1: Tori Amos concert, and then a year later, we went to Dying Fetus, and you got kicked in the
0: <laughs> head. I got kicked in the head. So, I mean, so, look, now, so now everybody understands everybody that knows. You,
1: you, you run the spectrum. I, I, Ani DeFranco, did you go with me to Ani DeFranco?
0: Uh, that's a little too much. No, for that's me. too much for you. I just, I'm not, I I'm also not went to Sarah McLaughlin, which not I know that you in would touch not go with to. my feminine side, yeah.
1: But I, my, the point that I'm making is this has nothing to do with music taste. exactly. okay. You can have crazy like eclectic, you know, amazingly deep interests in like all sorts of genres. yeah, but when it comes to a music festival, you kind of want something to tie it together. I mean, what are some of the what's going on at Coachella this year? Do you know who the lineup is at Coachella? You
0: mean, you mean Coachella that happened a month ago? Oh, that's right that happened right? yeah it was it was lcd sound system <laughs> I was thinking of uh, that was the big guns and roses coming that's back. that's right that's right and and that though that is kind of coachella's thing though is they like to bring the artist you know it's going to be their first show in forever because they are basically the first big festival of the year coachella right. every year it's usually uh two weekends in april as it was this year and it kind of kicks things off so yeah. coachella is kind of a bad example but we can well, actually let's talk about woodstock what happened at woodstock this year yeah right Woodstock 2016 No, there'll be a couple more years and they'll bring that back but no like Bonnaroo this year is again LCD Sound System who is on a bunch of festivals oh, including God. Coachella I cannot J. Cole, can, who's, can we talk about them later well hold on yeah <laughs> J. Cole who's also headlining at Lollapalooza if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. Ellie Goulding who's everywhere M83 who are everywhere it's like there's just nothing individual not, granted Pearl Jam is there Dead and Company are there I know Ween is there
1: there's I think just, I, I do think Bonnaroo is probably more um, unified than some of the other ones this year. But yep. you have to
0: remember that Bonnaroo had Billy Joel headlining a few years ago, really, and I think Springsteen headlined it also. I didn't know that. You know, when I went That's that weird. first year, the headliner was uh, the big reuniting of Bob Weir and Phil Lesh. Yeah, it's like from old the fish, Dead. and it's and it was and then Grateful Trey Dead because Fish and... was on hiatus the year of the okay, first Bonnaroo. Okay. You should know that. <laughs> I don't know if the audience knows about my long-running fish. Oh Well, obsession. you, as addicted
1: as you were to uh, bad things for your body, you were <laughs> you were way more addicted to
0: to fish. Yeah, but again, something I quit many, many years ago. It is. Uh, you, you haven't been to a fish show in a long time? The last fish show I went to, I didn't want to go, actually. It was my going away when I left Ohio. It was uh-huh. Summer Tour 2009 at Blossom Music Center in Cleveland. Uh-huh and uh, my friends bought me a ticket and said you have to come because if you cuz i'd kind of i had quit fish right, right. in 2003 with very little fanfare and they were like wow we got to have one last show right and so i went and you know it was, it was well great. that was, was when they were time.
1: bad that was right before they broke up
0: in I see. I thought two thousand four okay. they broke this up. This is this is a topic for another conversation. Okay, we, will all right. ha- we will have well, the fish well, talk. Well, this is some a bridge
1: to something because Bonnaroo used to be this type of a festival. Yes, it used to be, you know, jam bandy stuff, right. and and that's where you go for that. And I thought that that was such a great like whether you like that music or not, that's a great thing.
0: Yes, to kind know? of have this this home, and that's what Lollapalooza was in the nineties. It was this traveling right. festival of freaks.
1: Exactly, everything had a theme, uh, like you said before. I mean, we we do sound like we're rambling old men who keep coming but back it's to the okay. same thing, but this year yeah i guess in comparison uh it's it's nothing like that but i think it, you know it, in general it's it's gotten so far away from what that was right it's
0: it's now i feel like it's moved away from we can make this really cool festival experience and and because uh, there it is that it just popped into my head at the other festivals you would see like man there's like 14 bands on that bill I want to see, mm-hmm. and then you check out like the other six because you knew they would probably be something similar, right. and you can get into smaller bands. Now you've got right. like Radiohead at the top of the bill, and you know why is Radiohead at every festival? Every festival this year, why? they're at Austin City Limits. They're why? Every, I mean, but first off, they're Radiohead, so they can do that. Sure, I like I'm Radiohead, I'm like, not a huge fan. But well, I like Radiohead, but I don't understand. See that. It's
1: just like, come on, guys. Just do your a own lot shows. of
0: a lot of bands claim that it's easier for them because then they don't have to incur all the ta- costs of a massive tour.
1: That makes sense. That they can just go to something and like... And they probably get a shitload of money.
0: There's that, but you know, you, they can go to something like a Lollapalooza or an ACL or something like that, and everybody comes to see them. Right. So it's, it's somewhat easier, but then there's the people who don't have like $300 for a weekend pass. Right. Time off of work that <laughs> they can travel from, you know, Nowheresville, New Mexico, no offense right. to the wonderful people of New Mexico, all the way to Chicago <laughs> to see Lollapalooza. You know, it's it's just, but what I'm saying is, I, I feel like now it's a race to see who can get the biggest name. You know, who can get the band to reunite? Like you know, many years ago when Lollapalooza got Rage Against the Machine to play, mm-hmm. I was there. It was awesome. That that's what it is. Is is it's no longer how can we define ourselves as a unique festival? It's what's going to bring in the most. And isn't money.
1: it like? But I'm seeing the same same names, like the same yeah, ten all names. Yeah. at all of them. Yeah. M- M83 I, I one of the best shows I ever went to in 2015 was okay. M83. Okay. I'm not joking. Okay. Have you seen them live? I have not. Amazing. And I was shocked. I did not expect it to be good. It was great. Um and again, I like a lot of these bands mm-hmm. independently, you know, like I'm not talking shit about Radiohead. I'm just saying that I don't want to. The whole point of going to a festival is that you you get exposed to a certain thing that's like different, right? And if it's the same five or six bands, right? And it
0: it is. If you look at the bills, the top three lines, you're going to see the same names everywhere. LCD, LCD, Radiohead, yeah, LCD, Major Lasers at every festival. Every festival (laughs) this year, it is the year of Major Lasers. Sure, they have a couple unique things. You know, why Austin City Limits is pulling Mumford and Sons out? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But you know, that's it. Is is like I said, used to see this really cool like top three lines. And you're not going to show up for a festival mm. at like six o'clock at night. You're going to show up at like noon mm-hmm. and you're going to see these interesting bands, you know.
1: So are there any festivals? I mean, you might know this better than I do. Are there any festivals that are like lesser known that are starting to be cool? There's got to be alternatives. Now,
0: now, to me, for me, if you're into that type of music, I still firmly believe the best festival, if you're a music fan, uh-huh. is Del Fest. What's uh, that? It's 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 bluegrass kind of jammy a little bit of country it's del mccurry oh who yeah. is, you know if you don't know del mccurry go do some homework he's been making music since the 50s <laughs> um but it's it's they do it right in terms of if you have a family it's great it's just great camping grounds great energy there the lineup is always solid, top to bottom. There's always a good jam, but you have to be into that type of music, which is the point of a festival, for sure. And uh, this year, actually, my 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 good friend, he was actually on the podcast a while back. Steve Poltz is mm-hmm. playing. <clears throat> excuse me, is playing Del Fest this year. Because you know what? You know what? The last great single purpose festival was. What's that? It was OzFest. That's totally true. They it's,
1: don't. Do, it's done, right? Yeah, because yeah.
0: OzFest knew exactly who oh, they wanted totally. to bring,
1: and it was just it, whether, like it or not, it was. It was, metal. Uh, it was it was a metal fest with that was ha- always headlined yep. by Ozzy by Ozzy and yeah. you know right
0: you know maybe there'd be Cannibal Corpse would be there one year or Coal Chamber right. you know maybe White Zom- well Rob Zombie would show up one year.
1: Is there still a metal festival like that anymore? I'm there, there's sure a, there's an open air the first open air festival in in the United States is happening. I have to remember the name. Can
0: you define open air festival? Uh, well, the,
1: the the ones that you can actually like um, camp out at for like metal.
0: Okay, for metal. Thank you for right, qualifying right. Yes. I was like, uh, you can, you can already do that. For <laughs> no, it's called awesome.
1: Full Terror Assault. Full Terror Assault. Yeah, it sounds like that, right? And they just announced their lineup, and I think this they do a good job that, though right, of right. bringing together a specific vibe. Um, and it's you know, speaking of our friends, Dying Fetus, they're one of the big headliners. Um, I think I, that they've got Rotten Sound, uh, a couple other bands. So it's that gr- I know.
0: it's grindcore and metal, and just really yes, death metal, metal.
1: gore, uh, grindcore, and
0: Yes. I just realized there's another festival out there that speaks to one very specific audience, and I want them to be recognized. What's that? Gathering of the Juggalos. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's what it is. We can you can rag on icp that's all right. you want with good reason that's
1: right but, but but you cannot take that festival away from those guys. and and
0: they have to move it and people don't care wherever that festival you know was in ohio one year then they had to move it to illinois god like bless those guys the juggalos will have juggalo will travel
1: can i can we make a really controversial statement and argument that 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 uh the, the gathering of the juggalos is
0: better than coachella i think <laughs> if, if you are looking
1: it really, it kind of is. It,
0: it speaks to it, right? It's you know what you're going to get. Yes, there. you know what you're going to get, like a random appearance from Vanilla Ice every totally. once in a while. You you know it. And I think
1: we found the the title of this episode, and
0: everyone <laughs> there is of the same mindset, which right. is, you know, dude, where's your hatchet at? I mean, <laughs> so you know, but but it, it's it's easy to make fun of it, but I think it actually does exemplify the point,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is. Gathering of the Juggalos knows what it is, and it's not trying to be anything else.
1: That's right, and I would never go to that festival, but I respect it because it is the shit fest that it is.
0: Right, they're sticking. They're sticking to their story. Totally. Where where almost every other festival is basically just trying to be everything to everyone. Right, and it just ends up like again. I love a good mixtape, and I love seeing like oh that was interesting watching Jay Z come out and do a song with Fish. Yeah, right. that, that happened in two thousand and three, and it was really cool. It was actually down <laughs> at Jones Beach, but. I just I feel like there you don't get the the sense of discovery anymore.
1: So, with that, so let's not be these guys who just sit and complain and and don't take action. What is we've the, been doing
0: what, it so well for like well, fifteen minutes. Well,
1: the, well, we have to come to some sort of. Um, I mean, we have
0: to find some solution. Well, I'm glad someone's here to lead my podcast. <laughs> well, th- am I right
1: though? Don't we yeah. have, to no, no, have no, no. some th- sort of positive outcome of this or otherwise we're just going to bitch about this forever? If
0: we are making a an essay, a five paragraph essay of this podcast, yes, uh-huh. we we need our conclusion.
1: Well, I'm not ready to end yet the whole podcast, but I'm I, always done before you are. <laughs> I do want to. I do want to figure yeah. out like if there's a way to like if there's a solution, if there's a way out of this.
0: There is, and I think it is in the smaller festivals. Yeah, you know, it it is. Um, they're not going to be as sexy. The bills aren't going to be as sexy, mm-hmm. and you know that 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 certainly is a problem. But I think it's also just the the reason that the festivals are doing this is because that's what people want. Totally. You know, that that's that's where their money is going to be made, and I think that's why something like Bonnaroo is able to stay a little bit more focused than the others mm-hmm. because, you know, it's it's the hippie campout, and it was really fun, don't get me wrong. As soon as you get through the traf- traffic jam down in Manchester, it's great, but I think that they realize not everybody at, like, Lollapalooza, let's say, not everybody wants to see, I think Father John Misty is this year, here there this year. Yeah. They need, like, four or five other acts on stage at the same time, and instead of it being... Kind of variations on the same taste. They're going super extreme. I think the headliners at uh, at Governor's Ball this year are kind of the perfect example, where you've got you got Yeezy, my boy Yeezy, yeah, and then the Strokes and the Killers, who I always thought were the same band. I thought they died. I did I thought all, I, both those bands died. Like it's that's a pretty severe <laughs> step down from Kanye West to the now, Strokes. I, you know,
1: I really so I I was into the Strokes very much. Like I saw them before they put their first record. You were out. into
0: them before they were big. I was, dude. Uh
1: I'm a fan of their stuff, but I think getting back to the point, um, it's just like alongside the killers and and in sort of certain contexts. Also, it's like they lose some credibility, you know, and it's like, well, and then you're headlining with Robin. I mean, personally,
0: (laughs) personally to me, the fact that Robin and Kanye are on the same bill, I would love to see the two of them on stage together. I think that would be so that would actually be cool. Really cool and Beck is going to be there as well. So who knows because Kanye wanted to come up and talk to him at the Grammys. Maybe we can finally get that long awaited Beck and Kanye version of Gold Digger (laughs) that we all really want.
1: Is that a thing that people Uh, want?
0: It is now because I said it.
1: I have to say though that the lineup for Governor's Ball is 400 times less douchey than normal and better as disjointed as it is.
0: But here's the thing is I feel like the Governor's Ball lineup is allowed to be because you're in New York City there's this certain level of pretension that you can have. Right. Where It's like well screw you. We don't need to drag Radiohead in because we're New York City. I feel like that's kind of the the attitude they operate off of and, and you know the 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 bill is usually good. Bjork was there last year.
1: Yeah, she was. But, I mean, they always have a couple of really cool acts. Like Like the,
0: hey, one or two, this is pretty neat that we got this person?
1: Well, in 2014, like, I'm a huge Interpol fan. I like Interpol. You're the one. Dude, you don't like Interpol?
0: (laughs) They're a New York band. I know. So, the Strokes
1: played that year as well. Um, But Interpol was cool. But then they had them... Literally alongside Skrillex and yeah. like disclosure and like some like EDM stuff. That when was
0: Skrillex was on top, Skrillex was huge. Well, I, look, those like eleven months, he <laughs> was the biggest
1: guy on earth. Again, like they're independently, all of these artists have their
0: merits, right? Yes. Like
1: I, I'm not talking, I'm not trying to, to disparage Skrillex just for the sake of talking badly about him. I think right. that we would have done that with ICP. <laughs> That's right. We proved we proved that. Right. So, you know, and then 15, they got better a little bit. Um, I don't know. They yeah, did. I mean,
0: but, you know, again, the the problem to me is that then, you know, if we take Governor's Ball out of the mix. Right. Whether it's, you know, it's uh, Sasquatch, which is just my favorite festival name around, or Austin City Limits, which Austin City Limits used to have the best. I mean, Austin City Limits has the legend mm-hmm. behind it. And even they're pushing, you know, they're the ones who are bringing radio. They're bringing Radiohead and LCD sound system. It's like, well... Why bother anymore? Right. You know, it's kind of like they're all the same festival just in different regions.
1: Yeah, it's getting depressing. Are you going to go to any festivals this year?
0: I am not going to any festivals this year because <laughs> my summer's a little bit busy. Oh yeah. So we can move past that, but um No, we can't. We can. It's not not for this venue. Uh
1: but you can't tell everybody me, that you're getting married?
0: Shh, no, it doesn't <laughs> <matter>. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> but no, I think to me, the solution is that festivals have to reclaim their identity and have faith that people will travel to see a great lineup. You know, I just, like I said, I think, I feel like Governor's Ball for a while was trying to make a point of having headlining artists who are from New York City. That was right. kind of one of their selling points. Right. And they've kind of slowly gotten away from that. You know, right. Outkast and Jack White were there a few years ago. Sure. Uh, this year, um, they're just obviously just completely ignoring it with Kanye. Of um, But you know that was their thing and you know like we said bonnaroo was the hippie thing and coachella was just kind of this this very california cool thing that that is where my issue is is mm. is find your identity again and be proud of that identity and and just give us a reason to check out seven different festivals instead of hey we're a cooler venue to see the same four bands
1: yeah i'm with you i'll go to joel fest you'll go to joel fest I, t- I don't know if you can get a ticket can you get me a comp
0: no okay no it's All very right. expensive well then i'm gonna go now my thanks again to Ethan for stopping by this week. You can find him on Twitter at, at Ethan Fixell, that's F-I-X-E-L-L. And his series is over on CISO.com called Lovemakers. It's a good time. Go check it out. And hey, hit us both on Twitter and tell us what music festivals are you looking forward to this summer and how would you change the festival circuit if you could? Before we call it a week, I do, of course, have your weekly ear fuel listening assignment. For those of you new to the podcast, each week I assign an album to listen to in full, beginning to end, without any distractions or interruptions. Why? That's eh, a good question. It stems from the idea that these days, as far as I see it, music has become, it's, it's become largely relegated to a background task. You're at work, you're at the gym, you're driving, whatever. And this is about consciously listening to music for the sake of the music alone. So, this time, since they came up a few times in the conversation, and in many ways are the godfathers of the Modern Music Festival, your assignment is Jane's Addiction's fantastic 1988 record, Nothing's Shocking. Over the past three decades, few bands have defined the conventional rules of genre classification more than Jane's Addiction, as they melted together punk and funk and hard rock, art rock, some jazz, and to some extent, glam and electronic into one glorious soundscape. But before we get into the music, let's start with the album cover as it was extremely controversial. You probably know the cover. It's the one with two nude women in chairs and their hair seems to be on fire. Yeah, it was designed by Jane's frontman Perry Farrell. And at the time, nine of the top 11 record retailers refused to carry the album. They said it was too, it was, you know, I mean, you had naked women on the cover. They didn't want anything to do with it. Those stores eventually agreed to stock it because they wanted to make money. As long as it came with a brown paper sleeve covering up the naughty bits But that was then followed by the band's lead single, Mountain Song, and the video got censored for, you guessed it, more nudity. It was the 80s. Things were different. Kind of. Anyway, the music. Ah, the music! This record is a magnificent celebration of sound, as from the first proper song on the album, Ocean Size, it overflows with the sheer joy of creating sound. The band flies around from progressive sounds to high octane metal to, I don't know, maybe a bit of a precursor to the hippie revival of the early 90s. You'll, you'll hear it. The core of the band is undoubtedly the guitar work of guitar god Dave Navarro. His style, his stamina, his speed. Second to none, he is in top form on this. And he also excels in the fact that nothing here is overdone, which was the big difference into guitar players in the 80s. A lot of them wanted to have, you know, the noodly wild solo, but... Dave knows that part of being in this band is being in the band and that they are greater than the sum of their parts. It's the ideal balance on every song, and the guy is a legend for a reason. The rhythm section, Stephen Perkins and Eric Avery, also tough to pop. I mean, they know how to create these wonderfully imposing grooves and just, just make the song spin in the best way possible. But it's the voice, the presence, the overall vocal approach of Perry Farrell that continues to wow ears across the globe. There's, there's nobody that sounds quite like him, and yet it's the energy he sings with that makes these songs so damn captivating. I mean, his voice careens around corners, and it's truly an instrument onto itself. You've got the assault of oddly uplifting grooves and riffs, and it never stops on this album, from the pace on Had a Dad, to the wild fuzz of Pigs and Zen, to the iconic song that is Jane Says. Everybody knows that one. I mean, seriously, the band is just locked in from beginning to end, and it's the way the instruments and the vocals work with and around one another that makes the song so damn good. It's it's one of those records that's really hard not to love, and it's really hard not to crank this one all the way up. This album also has the song Standing in the Shower Thinking, which in many ways to me is the blueprint for what people call the alternative rock movement that came a few years later. You you can hear all of the elements going on. Whether it's the level of talent or the wide-ranging impact they continue to have, Jane's Addiction remain in a musical universe all their own, and even nearly 20 years later, this record's almost 20 years old, the songs hold up perfectly. And if somehow you don't already know every note on Nothing Shocking, you need to change that right now. Thank me later. So that's all for this week. Thanks to Ethan for coming by. You can hit me on Twitter at, at GetEarFuel and at the Daily Guru. As always, the podcast is available in the iTunes store under EarFuel and at SoundCloud.com slash GetEarFuel. And hey, if you dug it, go tell a friend or three. That is your weekly EarFuel. Share and enjoy.